1: We stand at the threshold of our finest hour. We knew this day would come. We knew they would come after all this time, all this winter, the long winter, the long summer, into a very long fall. They come from the midway. They bring their salads, hot dogs, and their Italian beef of stewed beef, and their wide soups of tomato and cheese. They cling to Saturday Night Live sketches from the 90s, from players and coaches from the 80s. They are the great horde, smitten with glories long past. They speak Eldritch, strange words like Jay Cutler and Brian Erlacher and what other ungodly spells they invoke. They come to push us beneath their ketchup-stained thumbs they come to thrash this team and put us on the road to firing the coach and the general manager, which honestly wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, but they should not be allowed to have a say in such a matter. <laughs> the Chicago Bears are at the gates. They have crossed Lake Michigan. They have, they have stormed Grand Rapids and they come. They come for Detroit, but I say this shall be the end. This far, no further. THEY HAVE A TOP FIVE DEFENSE! WE HAVE A REVAMPED OFFENSIVE LINE AND A STAFFORD! THEY HAVE TARIQ COHEN! WE HAVE CHUNKY, RUNNING, STUFFING CHUNKERS! THEY HAVE MITCH (laughs) TRUBISKY! WE HAVE... ACTUALLY, THAT'S NOT SOMETHING WE SHOULD BE REALLY WORRIED ABOUT, TO BE HONEST. WE SHALL FIGHT THEM ON THE BEACHES! WE SHALL FIGHT THEM ON THE LANDINGS! WE SHALL FIGHT THEM NEAR TRAINS, OVER HILLS! AND WE SHALL NEVER, NEVER SURRENDER! BECAUSE THAT'S NOT REALLY AN OPTION IN THE NFL. NOW, WATCH THIS DRIVE. No, I that's enough. The whole I'm thing. not chugging. I'm not. No, <laughs> that's, a- that's a size on. I'm not chugging that whole damn thing. Welcome what? to the. Uh, I-, I was gonna say goodbye. I-, I think we should do an outro now. I think we're done here. <laughs> I need a cigarette. I, I should I wish I had time to tell you before. We got you know what? No, I'm putting Fly the Valkyries on. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, podcast. Pride of Detroit.com, <laughs> Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We say it every week. You know where to find us, you know where to bleep with us. We are on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit live. After the show, you can catch it the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, on YouTube. Search for Pride of Detroit there. It's all over the place, man. This is the Pride of Detroit podcast, And I am your adequate host and war consigliere, crisper Fett. Don't <laughs> let the lucha mask fool you. This is crisper Fett here. At Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Joined, as always, by the fearless leader and my compatriot, my wingman, Jeremy Reisman, at Detroit Online. Jeremy, you ready? I, I am. Like, I'm
2: normally a pacifist, but now I kind of want to... Like not only just run my head through a brick wall, I want to run it through a bear's chest.
1: <laughs> well, not a real bear, hopefully. Not not not, we'll not, see. not, not a real one. If they if it and gets in the way, I'll do it. Okay. P mm. to come at me. This beer is really good. I'm glad I did not chug it, because this is one of these ones you want to like save for a little bit. Um, and joining us, Ryan Matthews. The rock guy. At Ryan underscore P O D. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Mitch Trubisky will not survive if the Lions bring the fury
3: that you just brought with that intro. He will not <laughs> leave Ford Field in one piece.
1: <laughs> we can only hope we can only hope that maybe Trey Flowers saw this or something and is just ready to to go to, to go hard. If only we
2: still had Mike Daniels, because I, th- I think he would actually get like pumped up by a guy in a lucha mask. I don't know about Trey Flowers. Mike Daniels <laughs> totally would,
1: though. So I was looking for my military Matthew Stafford jersey and like something to dress up as Patton. But unfortunately, I think all, all that's still packed up <laughs> from when I moved up here because I am a very slow unpacker for my apartments. But uh, yeah, this is in case you haven't heard, this is the Bears Preview Podcast. We're, we're not doing First Bite this week just because we want to get this out. We want to just take our time with it. We want to have Ryan here. We want to have some fun and Later on, we've got a treat for you. Big friend of mine, Jonas Knox, will be joining us. He's going to be bringing the Bears' perspective. He, uh, he's great. Me and Jeremy had some fun sitting down with him. You're going to hear him here in just a moment. But, you know, we've got to start with the Bear. I mean, with the Lions. Excuse me, not the Bears. we got to start with the Bears. we got to start with our thoughts about this because, guys, finally it's happened. We're less than, we're five days away from the NFL kicking off from the from the Lions kicking off even sooner for the NFL kicking off but the Lions on Sunday against the Bears I can't think of a better way to get through this horrible no good year that we've had without football and it's finally coming back baby I I it's still I'm still in the disbelief phase like the
2: fact that we're here about to break down a football game and we haven't even seen a pre you know, a preseason. I have no idea what the Bears are going to look like. I have no idea what the Lions are going to look like. Even having watched them at training camp, it's bizarre, but it's it's so exciting. I, I need this in my life right now, and uh, I'm glad the NFL got it together this offseason to make it so that it could happen.
1: Ryan, I oh, man, like w- th- this feels weird, right? Like we haven't had a we haven't had a preseason, but I mean, how do you feel going into this game?
3: We haven't had a lick of football, and it feels like the last thing that really football-wise happened was the draft, and I know Jeremy went to training camp and everything, but that seemed like the last normal thing that happened on schedule. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like the last football event, and that was months ago. And by months ago, I mean it seems like it was a decade ago with the way that time passes these days. But I couldn't be any more excited for football. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a really good year. If you've been, well, Jeremy, you haven't gotten around to our uh season predictions yet, right? Not yet.
2: On but the website. Nope. And we're going to we're going to drop some at the end of this podcast, but uh everything else is is kind of shrouded in, in mystery at this point cuz it's early in the week and I think everyone's just kind of throwing darts.
1: Yeah. I think we're that's that's just what it's going to be for September. It is a lot going to be a dart a lot of dart throwing. I don't think anyone's going to hit that thing. You know, if you watch the BBC, those guys are screaming 180. No one's getting 180 points on their darts on this first try. This is a uh, beer league here. Um, I want to recap what we know about the Bears from the offseason so far. But I should we t- you guys want to re- rehash anything about Adrian Peterson? So I think we saw a couple extra shoes drop. By the way, if you haven't gone, go listen to the Adrian Peterson podcast. Jeremy, Jeremy, the guys did a mini pod there. Mike Payton put out an interview with Dan Miller. We've been doing a lot of stuff on the Pride of Detroit PODcast feed. You want to subscribe there. But I think, Jeremy, did we get in that Adrian Peterson podcast around the time that we knew what was going to happen with Huntley and that we knew about Scarborough hmm. going to the IR or was that? We knew Huntley
2: had already been been claimed, but Vota IR was was news uh, okay. since then. And it's, it's slightly surprising in that you know, it seemed like he was just about to return from injury that he had in, in training camp. But the IR is only three weeks this year. Um, You know, he can return after three weeks, so it's not that big of a deal. To me, it, it kind of just feels like a kicking the can down the road type of thing with Bo Scarborough because Adrian Peterson is what, you know, elite Bo Scar- Scarborough would be. Like, Bo Scarborough's ceiling uh, is probably not even close to 35-year-old Adrian Peterson, if we're if we're being honest. And so when Bo Scarborough is healthy enough to play again, the question is, do the lines care? Like, are, are they going to, at that point, release him, wave him or keep him on IR? It's a, it's something we'll have to kind of discuss once, once he's healthy again. But at this point, this feels just like, you know what, let's just keep him on the roster while we can for now, just in case this Adrian Peterson thing doesn't work out. Um, but when it comes to it and, and once we see whether Adrian Peterson is, you know, hit that age wall, finally, um, it could mean curtains for, for I think Scarborough.
1: I like that. Uh, let's go over to the bears uh, off season. That has been This is something I think you, Jeremy, you wanted to touch on and Ryan, I think you had a few notes here about what the bears have been doing this off season. So, I mean, biggest name, of course, off the board was Prince Amukamara. I th- is, is that, is that the biggest name for you? Cause it definitely is for me just because of M- Prince Amukamara, that's a, that's a hell of a name. But, yeah. Uh, Clinton Dick's gone to, you know, it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, those are definitely two of the biggest names. I think Kyle Long might be the biggest one. He he essentially retires Um, basically one of the only good pieces of a of Bears offensive line that really struggled last year. But then you look at all the moves that they made to kind of like counteract that and every, mm-hmm. everyone kind of seems reactive to me. Like it doesn't seem proactive. You lose Kyle Long, you get a guy like Jermaine and who's not as good um you you lose leonard foyer maybe this is the best you know kind of you know improvement i guess from from their losses but they, they let leonard floyd go they get robert quinn who, who's a good player but like you said they lose ha ha clinton Dix. they get a, a veteran into sean gibson prince Amukamara. they don't really get anyone in free agency they go and get jalen johnson in the second round of the draft and then you look else like jimmy graham is he their trey burton replacement like i don't and there's just just nothing else they didn't add anything else they and then and then also they lose eddie goldman to opting out so it's just like that's a huge piece of their interior defensive line i don't see how this team got any better at all am am, am i am i wrong ryan
3: uh you're not wrong you actually stole my joke when you said that they added jimmy graham and i was gonna say that their biggest subtraction was adding jimmy graham
2: (laughs) Yeah, not
3: good, not good. But you also did you mention Nick Williams, Lions? I didn't mention Nick, Nick Williams. Williams. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how huge of a loss that is, but compounded with the Eddie Goldman thing, yeah. Now, now all of a sudden, you could be hurting along that interior defensive line. I don't think the Bears really they they didn't stir the pot in any which way fashionable. I mean, even their draft was rather lackluster because they didn't have a whole lot of picks to begin with. Um, right. you know, still still paying off the Cleo Mack trade to the Raiders. So they didn't really have an opportunity to improve. And they added Nick Foles when they could have had Cam Newton for way cheaper.
1: Well, I think that dovetails into (laughs) where I want to go next. I will say though, it doesn't even the pieces taking away. I still think they're an incredibly good defense that you're, that you're going. No questions. And uh, I, some people are still saying top five.
2: I, I think so too. And I guess the one kind of, "Quote unquote" addition this year is the fact that they're getting Akeem Hicks back from injury. The lines didn't have to face Akeem exactly Hicks at all last year. Getting him back is is huge. He's he's their best interior defend, defensive lineman. You know the, the fact that they don't have Eddie Goldman and they don't have Nick Williams will hurt them. But the fact that they're getting Akeem Hicks back uh, might be might be bigger than both those losses. Honestly,
1: this dovetails into as I was saying uh, from what Ryan was talking about with Nick Foles. I thought the Bears would start this year on a multi-ball. They just throw Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, maybe out there at the same time, just to see what would happen. Just, you know, we've never seen a two quarterback set before in the NFL. I don't even know if it's legal. Why not try it though? (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but they decided to go with Mitch Trubisky. And uh, was, I I guess the only question I really have, and it's, I know where we're going with this because we are going to 100% absolutely dog a Mitch Trubisky, but was it the right choice for the Chicago Bears to go with Mitch Trubisky over Nick Foles?
3: Well, we're going to get into the spread later on for this game between Lions and Bears, but for now, I mean, this just seems like a really weird bet by the Bears. It seems like this opportunity where they can move on from Mitch Trubisky because they went out and got a guy like Nick Foles who at least has some pedigree and is at least competent at quarterback. But then they decide to stick with Mitch, and I don't know what the play is here. I'm not sure what the play is here. I don't know if this is coming from pace. I don't know if this is a naggy thing. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure where the pressure comes from to start Mitch, but it just seems like so much more sense to play Foles because he's better than Trubisky. Am I wrong, Jeremy? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's it's
2: cut it's clear-cut necessarily. I know Nick Foles has the Super Bowl ring, and I know he had that wild stretch. But like, you also have to remember, he was horrible in Jacksonville. Horrible in Jacksonville. And everybody so is. Everybody is, I guess. And <laughs> and everyone who wasn't horrible in Jacksonville is no longer in Jacksonville.
3: <laughs> You're out of there.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I don't think it was a clear-cut choice there. And I mean. The the question is why did they bring him in now? Like, do you look back now yeah. and the fact that they chose Trubisky was it to give him legitimate competition? Was it to just kind of light a fire under his ass a little bit and be like, hey, listen, we got someone here. Like, you better improve. And and maybe it succeeded. Maybe maybe he actually did win out in camp. Or maybe this was you know I, I saw someone throw this out on Twitter, and I'm not saying it's inside sources or anything, but some people just said it was a con- it, they brought him in to boost its confidence. He was always going to be the starter. They just bring him in bring in a veteran guy and say, Hey, let's challenge each other at
1: training camp. And Oh, you won. Great job, buddy. Now you're a starter. I hope you're feeling good now. I I think that is where I'm leaning just because it sounds like a Matt Nagyism, is if I've ever heard one, (laughs) right? Like Ryan, Matt, Matt Nagy just loves these little mind games where it's just like, Hey, we're just going to start try out kicker after kicker, after kicker, after kicker. And we're obsessed about this particular yardage that we missed. and, Hey, now it's, you know, we're going to bring in some guys on these fake, on these fake tests to boost your confidence and good job, good effort. Like I, I think probably maybe the big, biggest hindrance to the bears besides their quarterback situation might be Matt Nagy. Just you can rattle his cage, it seems. And when his cage gets, gets rattled, he goes in really weird places.
3: And it's so strange that he's such an offensive minded coach. And he has this great defense in front of him. And I don't know if you will ever be able to put together an offense the way that they put together an offense. And mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm I I get the maybe I, I get the tinfoil hat idea that maybe they bring in Nick Foles to boost Trubisky's confidence. I don't know if I buy it to push him and to provide competition, especially with the fact that they declined his fifth-year option. I mean, I think this is truly just I don't know if it was a competition to push Trubisky. I think it was just a straight-up competition. I think it was like, whoever can come in and be the better quarterback is going to be the quarterback. And I'm just so surprised that Nick Foles couldn't beat out Mitch Trubisky. Like, that is just a... That is just an... It's it, it's a it's an exercise in futility. Like, it's just absolutely... I mean, that had to have been such an interesting camp battle to watch, right? Like, I mean, Trubisky can't throw to his left. Nick Foles is wildly inaccurate. Like, I mean, how do you crown a winner? Shouldn't they have just gone with somebody else?
1: I don't think they had another option there. (laughs) I do think I, you know what? I think Jonas Knox, who's going to be joining us in a little bit, will have some thoughts on that particular subject just because like, it's just weird. And I think that's where we need the insider. Look, uh, real quick. I, we're going to get to this and then we'll try to get to the break here. But, uh, what do we fear? What, I mean, I want to talk matchups a little bit if we could. Like, what do we really fear right here looking at? I mean, I fear the Bears' defense. That's easy to fear. (laughs) We just went over all the reasons you should fear it. But what do you really fear on the Bears' offense? Because for me, the run game, it depends who's going to be in. I fear a little bit of Tariq Cohen, but I, I don't think Tariq Cohen can do it every down. So but when he does have the ball, Tariq Cohen is a Swiss Army knife and he can do a little bit of everything and I think the Lions he's going to provide the biggest challenge because he can do that stuff over the middle and he can, you know, run in multiple schemes. So what 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 do you guys see as like the big matchup that you're going to be keeping your eye on for this game?
2: Well, <laughs> my biggest fear of the Bears offense is the Lions' defense. I know that's a cheating answer, but like, <laughs> we still need to figure out who this Lions' defense is and where they're strong and where they're weak and all that sort of stuff. And and you look at the Bears' roster and there's just not a ton of playmakers there. I mean, there's the aforementioned Jimmy Graham. Allen Robinson is a legit top-ten wide receiver. He's someone that the Lions are going to have to deal with, and it'll be interesting to see if they put Desmond Trufant, a, a veteran, on him, if Amani Orari starts, or, or if Jeff Okuda gets thrown into the fire right away. Um, But aside from that, like, yeah, Tariq Cohen's pretty good. Yeah, Cordell Patterson's kind of a a weapon that I think they're going to utilize a little more this year, maybe even a little bit in the backfield. I know um, Corey Unlin, the defensive coordinator, talked about that a little bit today of the Lions. Um, But you also have to remember, David Montgomery might not play in this game. He got injured in training Mm -hmm. camp. And so, yeah, it might be the Tariq Cohen show. And he hasn't really shown the ability to be a workhorse back. So I'm not really afraid of that backfield either. And so if I'm being honest, like, this is a, a very early litmus test for this line's defense and not to screw it up. And if they don't pass it, well, it's bad news. It's bad news. Bears, you could say. I would not. I would never say okay. that.
3: <laughs> Overreaction Monday is obviously going to run wild just because I think oh, people are so football starved that. It's going to be the whole month of September. It, it, it truly will. And here's the thing, though. If the Lions defense goes out and lays an absolute Tyrannosaurus Rex egg against Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears, I'm not taking anything as an overreaction. I'm legit concerned about the defense. Even after one week, I'm legitimately concerned about the defense. I,
2: I think that's fair, but also not fair. It's fair in that, like, here we go again, crap. But at the same time, like, everyone's going to look like crap a little bit in week one mm-hmm. because, of, because of the offseason. And so I'm willing... Yeah, we I think, talked... We- Every year, I, I kind of try to preach like, hey, teams improve as the season go on, goes on. How a team looks in week one it could be drastically different than how they look in week 10. That's especially going to be true this year. And so I want to leave room to to allow the Lions to improve. But yes, I'm, I'm definitely going to be right there with you being like, they better get this on track real quick because they're about to face some real quarterbacks in the next couple weeks.
1: We talked about this in the last episode, too. What do we expect to see thrive? in without a preseason we expect to see an offensive line struggle to gel together we expect to see every edge rushers thrive we expect to see backfields really get tested and look we we can't avoid it mitch trubisky has been good against this lions defense in past seasons just for whatever reason it's either the scheme or he just gets that look or maybe he's just the bears equivalent of matt flynn but he is good against the lions so we'll see if that carries on Again, here, Uh, I do know the Lions will. And again, we'll talk about this with Jonas here in a second. Lions are a three point favorite on as of the recording on Tuesday in Vegas. But that just means home field advantage, which seems weird because there's not going to be fans there. But yeah, I have nothing else to add there. It's it's a damn weird opener. It's a divisional opener. We haven't had a lot of those lately. And I'm curious. I'm just I just want to see that, man. Yeah. I, I, you know how, you know how I struggle doing previews. <laughs> I'm going to struggle even more this year because we truly know nothing. Like what, what do well, you, what, like, what do we really know, Ryan? What do we really know about either team right now? Cause I feel like still we're talking about their 2019 identities and all we've done is like, maybe say, okay, well this piece moved away and this piece moved away, but we have no way to gauge what's going to happen in 2020.
3: No, we really don't. And I mean, does Vegas either because when this game opened in it the Bucks, pick it was a Pickem game, right? And so somehow the Lions who have kind of like not so sneakily become everybody's darling for the NFC North, whether or not it's a national pundit or a local pundit, like had, like that's moved the line to minus 3 as Chris mentioned, like that's typical home field advantage. So I mean, is that you know, more is that more of a reflection of the Lions becoming everybody's darling? Or is that literally just, you know what, the Lions aren't the you know, the three win team from a year ago?
2: You know what's changed since the opening line? Mitchell Trubisky was named the starting quarterback. <laughs>
3: That's a good point. It's a very good point. <laughs> and Adrian Peterson, not,
2: I don't think Adrian Peterson really moves the needle that no much but
1: i think i think mm. peterson does give the lions some depth at running back if you expect deandre swift to come out of the gate and be proficient and you expect adrian peterson to at least give you some of his historic production that's better than we can say of the lions in the past year at the at the run at the run game sure that's that's like a hundred percent better and we know that the the coaches they want to establish that run game because it keeps people honest. It does pound the defense a little bit, and then it does set up for your your pass game later, and we can bag on it all we want. I can make my meme jokes about the Lions have to establish the run even as the sun devours the earth, but it's true. Cylinders. It is. Cylinders, baby. <laughs> all right. All <laughs> the cylinders. All, all pumping. Every all, last all pumping. damn cylinder. I, I Ryan, you weren't here. I said last week I changed the oil on my car. <laughs> so, I mean, car talk is legitimately reality now
3: yeah and i replaced a flat tire so whoa Listen, all, look you, at you. all you all you need to do is is finish that triangle somehow i pump my gas
1: <laughs> that's illegal in new jersey That's <laughs> like it's
3: like mitchell trubisky like i completed a <laughs> i completed it's a pass, pass in the flat in the left <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break here when we come back from Fox sports radio from week, from overnights from his Vegas show. Uh, We had this guy on last year. He's a blast. He's a friend of mine. I he's a coworker of mine and that is Jonas Knox. He's going to be talking about the bears. He is, he is a Chicago bears fan at the end of the day. He's also going to bring some national perspective as well. The NFL is his bread and butter. He loves the NFL. He's so happy that it's back. So me and Jeremy are going to talk to Jonas when we come back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Taking a quick break. Don't go nowhere. Starts again here in a few seconds. Joining us on the phone now, we're back on the Pride to Detroit POD cast. I give you all the spiel. You know where to find us. Uh, joining us on the phone now from Fox Sports Radio, he is the host of the Jonas Knox Show. He's on the weekends with Bucky Brooks, Brady Quinn, and every week with Straight Out of Vegas, he is the jo- Jonas Knox at the Jonas Knox. He's doing that Ohio State thing, so we have to uh, put him on blast for that. How's it going, okay, Jonas?
4: Hold, hold on. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just explain that. All right, this, because I don't, I, first of all, it's just a habit. I don't even mean it like that at the, I, I I don't even mean it like that. I should say at the, but for whatever reason, every time I try and do it, I can't. I don't know what it is. So I, I like, it's, it's like a psychological mental block that I can't get it out there. And then secondly, I had my own name at Jonas Knox. I had that, but I can't get back into the account. And I've messaged Twitter multiple times. I said, Hey, you can take your blue check mark and stick it up you know where. I just want (laughs) at Jonas Knox, so I don't sound like a douchebag when I'm saying at the Jonas, like who is the, like what is some overnight weekend radio hack who used to be a busboy Fridays? Like it makes me sound so pretentious. It's it's, it's all garbage, but nonetheless, I had to clear that up, so.
1: And and Uh, as you have mentioned on your show many times before, I used to be the rat at Chuck E. Cheese's too.
4: Yeah, you name it, listen, janitor, rat, I, I, Stocked, uh, I was a stock guy at Tuesday morning. That was misery. Um, I, I was a uh, uh, maintenance guy at Toys R Us. Um, I was a, uh, a bus boy. My own brother fired me. Uh, he was a bar manager at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I was a bus boy and my brother fired me. Uh, I worked at a <laughs> retirement home. Uh, I did uh, uh, landscaping, curb painting. Uh, I mean, you name it. I've, I've done it all. Done it all.
2: And just so you know, I, I looked I looked online. Uh, Jay Knox NFL is available, just if, you, if you're curious.
4: Yeah, I'll pass. I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah, I, I, with, with, with the reaction I got for my NFL picks the other night, I'm out. <laughs> well, uh, not stay away from that.
1: Those are going to come up here in a second, because I was on that show when you gave your NFC North picks. As full disclosure, I am the technical producer for Jonas's Friday uh, overnight show, so we have some fun there, but uh, all that background there is to illustrate that, uh, Jonas does, I think we, he talks everything in the NFL, but I feel like we're having him on here to just talk about the the Chicago bears because it's who the lions are, are facing right now. And I always like getting Jonas's opinions. Cause I do see some of your, like you, you keep the personal out of it, but every time you start talking about Matt Nagy or Mitch Trubisky, I can feel it a little bit from you sometimes.
4: Well, yeah, it's like, that's the team when I grew up, uh, I was a Bears fan. And that was and I became a Bears fan because my brother, uh you know, we didn't have, you know, a lot of money growing up. And so one of my I remember getting a t shirt, but it was a hand me down for my brother. And it was a Chicago Bears t shirt, like the old school with the two bar face mask. And I wore that thing every day. And ever since then, I just I, that became my team. But then when you get into Sports radio, especially nationally, you can't really. And first of all, it's just healthier not being so obsessed with one team because ultimately they're just going to rip your heart out and then and then urinate on it in the street in front of you. And so I felt like not getting decapitated every single time I watched the Bears uh, play football. So I said, you know, I just need to distance myself. But nevertheless, I mean you know I still I still follow them. I still know what's going on I've had the opportunity Mike North and I the great Mike North did a uh, a Bears podcast a few years ago it was so much fun because they were bad and it made it even more fun so yeah you know it's just so anytime uh, uh, we can talk Bears I'm always up for it it scratches the itch a little bit well speaking of uh,
1: bad let's start with the uh, quarterback situation where we th- I thought Matt Nagy was going to start the year doing something akin to a multi-ball with his quarterbacks, just throw, you know, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky out there together and right. just yeah. let them bounce yeah. off each other. But he seems to have settled on uh, Mitch. Is that the right call?
4: Yeah, I think it's the right call. Um, and and some people are looking at this as, oh my god. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things when I was looking at the situation, I just thought. Well, Trubisky's the one that makes sense just based on the fact that he was a number two pick. You know, he's going to get every opportunity to succeed or fail because they invested so much in him and moving up the spot to take him when they probably didn't have to. And so because of that, Mitch Trubisky, you felt like automatically had the advantage. He was the guy and everybody sort of had an understanding that Trubisky's going to get first crack at this because if you go to Foles right off the bat, you can't go back to Trubisky. It's just, you've already let him know that you haven't picked up his fifth year option. And that he didn't beat out Nick Foles, who couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville for the job. So that would just tell Mitch, hey man, it's over here. Like that's, that's just the bottom line. And so my thinking on that was very standard, uh, not, not really a genius take, kind of an obvious one. And that was leading all the way up until this past weekend when I did my, um, NFL season preview picks and Chris, you and I—I've I, talked about it on the air. You've been on those shows, and then I got a little bit of intel from somebody. I'm trying. How can I? How can I put this to where I'm not airing anybody out? Somebody who has direct knowledge of what was happening at Bears training camp, okay? And as direct knowledge as you could possibly get at Bears training camp, and they said Trubisky was the better quarterback from day one. They said he, he played better than Nick Foles all the way through, and that it was pretty obvious to everybody there on the field that, hey, man, this seems kind of like a runaway at this point. I don't know what, what, why we're waiting so long. And so they wanted to be sure. They wanted him to prove it. They wanted him to really, really earn it and go out and take the job, and he did. This wasn't a – uh, as as I thought and many people thought, well, they have to because he's a number two pick. Direct knowledge from somebody there with as, as as good of a source as you could possibly have who said it was obvious Mitch won the job and, and people there were, were surprised that it took so long for them to announce it.
2: Well, let me uh, kind of draw things out a little bit and talk about Matt Nagy a little bit because obviously, you know, he came in to be an offensive guy. Bears offense was awful last year, and it wasn't just Mitchell Trubisky. The running game was one of the worst in the league. Terrible. So yeah, yeah awful. Terrible. And so I guess my question is, where do you see the direction of this team? Do you <laughs> see Matt Nagy making some you know progress? Because you look at that side of the ball, and they add a tight end. The offensive line still doesn't look very good. Running back situation is weird. They they keep sending some good guys away and, and bringing some questionable guys in. So do you do you believe that Nagy? could potentially turn things around this year? Is, is there any promising signs that, that maybe Lions fans aren't seeing?
4: Yeah, I, I think he can for sure. Um, he's got to show an actual commitment to the running game. And, and this may seem dumb, but look, you guys know this in Detroit, man. I mean, has, has, has Matt Stafford ever had a legitimate running game behind him? I mean, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know that he, that he ever had. Like, who's, who's the best running back the Lions have had since Matt Stafford has been quarterback?
1: Statistically, that'd probably be Reggie Bush that one year.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one year, it was Reggie Bush. And we all know Reggie Bush is utilized out of the backfield. And that's sort of, uh, sort of how, he, how they utilize him when he had good success in the NFL, as sort of a dual threat, not going to run in between the tackles. But you know this that a lot of times when you're watching Lions games, sometimes they just kind of abandon the run. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, another pass to Marvin Jones. Huh, interesting uh fourier another pass to fourier and end zone this this seems like a like a, a constant a constant theme here and i just think Nagy and you guys have probably seen this in detroit gives up on the run too early yeah you're getting stopped but keep pounding the football i i understand that you're thinking oh, okay yeah but it's, it's not working and you know we're a quarter and a half into the game okay but keep doing it because it's body blows and and maybe and worst case scenario so you go three and out but you know what you did you went three and out and you actually ate up clock as opposed to trubisky or or chase daniel throwing ground balls to receivers and next thing you know the clock stops and you've got the bears defense that has got to get back out there again like it just to me. That's the problem. There, there wasn't enough of a commitment. And they can say all they want about, well, you know, that offensive line doesn't know how to run block well. And they can, they can blow out uh, the offensive line coach like they did this season and, and try and make it seem like, okay, maybe it was something that he was doing on, doing wrong. Man, that was Harry Highstead. Harry Heistead is is well-known and renowned in NFL and college football. He was the guy that was the offensive line coach at Notre Dame when they had that, you know, what's that guy's name? Oh yeah. That mass murderer, that mass murderer who now plays in Indianapolis, Quentin Nelson, who you can watch a highlight tape of just him alone and be satisfied with football the rest of your life. Harry Heist had coached him. That was his guy and, and a bunch of other guys on that offensive line. So they can try and blame the, the offensive line coach and, and, and try and point fingers here and there is why it wasn't working. I think there's a lack of a commitment. And until they start showing actual commitment and take some of the load off Trubisky and some of those other guys on offense, I just think think we're going to see a very uh, basic offense that's going to continue to take a step down. But I think Nagy's learning his lesson. I'm hoping he's learning his lesson. I think they're going to go in the right direction this year, hopefully.
1: I want to talk on defense a little bit uh, since we've been covering the offense quite a bit, you know, the bears, they lose Prince Emma Kamara. They lose ha -Ha Clinton Dix, Uh, Eddie Goldman choosing. I believe he opted out for the season for COVID-19 concerns, but I mean, everyone's looking at this defense to still be probably one of the best in the NFL to keep the bears in the games, definitely the best in the NFC North. So what, what what are they looking to accomplish here? Like they've got the big names still with, Khalil Mack but you know what, what where do you see their strength lying on the defense
4: well they um, and, and so here's the situation on defense so last year Khalil Mack had a down year I mean that's just I mean it, that's just a fact he had a down year so you're expecting that Khalil Mack who started to pick it up a little bit towards the end of the year is going to have a bounce back season much like Von Miller it's hard to keep guys like that down and apparently Khalil Mack's pissed off about last year and really super motivated so they've got him they also went out and they added Robert Quinn, who had a monster year a year ago, and they added Robert Quinn and brought him in because they just they 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 were trying to uh, um, to wait around for other help for for guys on that on that defense to to help Kalomack out. To, you know, can can somebody please you know try and uh, pick up the pick up you know the an assist here? Can somebody get some pressure? Akeem Hicks had a down year also, but that was mostly because of injuries. So the fact that you add Robert Quinn. You've got Khalil Mack on one side. You've still got Akeem Hicks in the middle, who's one of the best def- interior defensive linemen in the entire NFL. Roquan Smith had a really, really good year last year. Now, he was hanging out with porn stars in the offseason during a pandemic. Listen, that's a, you know, the judgment there is a little bit suspect. But, I mean, who wouldn't take an opportunity to go on a boat and hang out with porn stars? If it happens, pandemic or not, you've got to take those chances in life. And then you got Danny Trevathan, and Danny Trevathan, who returns, they made a decision. We can either re-sign Nick Kwiatkowski or we can re-sign Danny Trevathan. Trevathan loves it in Chicago. They love him. So I feel like the front seven is going to be fine. I think I think they're going to be fine. It's the secondary where you look and go, okay, what's the answer at secondary? Because you've got Eddie Jackson. He's a stud. You've got Kyle Fuller. He's a stud. But you mentioned it. Prince of Mookamora is gone. And then Artie Burns, who they brought in, gets injured. And he's done for the year. So they're going to rely on Jalen Johnson, who's a rookie out of Utah, that apparently people say could be a legitimate big-time player at that position. He's a big dude. He's got got the size. And they say they love his tenacity and they love the way he plays. So if he plays well and he lives up to some of the hype that's been thrown around at cornerback position – out of Utah for the bears, then the secondary all of a sudden isn't the weak link on that defense. Like many people thought it would be. All
2: right. uh, We teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, I want to get to your NFC North rankings before we let you go here. Um,
1: (laughs) I've got a Vegas
2: question too, but yeah, go you, you take this. because I've seen you
1: fire up a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, I, if, if what it's written down, I didn't see the segment or hear the segment, but if what I see written in front of me is the rankings, I definitely want to want to hear some more. So
1: uh, there, what there's, are a, your... there's a second part, too. So you read them, Jeremy, and then I'll throw in the, the catch that I know Jonas has and then okay. you, can, you can take him to task on it.
2: Well, uh, the, the, the what I see in front of me is Vikings, which I think a lot of people would agree with. But then I see
1: Bears, Packers, Lions. The kick yeah. here, too, is Jonas also has the Bears making the playoffs one:
4: I have I have three teams out of the division making the playoffs. Oh the okay. Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings making the playoffs because they have the extra wild card spot. in right. look, it, it could be Packers, two, it could be Bears three, but I've got the Vikings first, because I think overall they've got the best roster. My only concerns about Minnesota are one, the health of Dalvin Cook because it's always an issue. Anybody who's ever had Dalvin Cook on their fantasy team knows, hey, man, when he plays, he's really good. The problem is when he plays, he's missed a bunch of games in his career. And then I also wonder, the loss of Stefanski. what does that do to Kirk Cousins? We've seen quarterbacks in the past who sort of have a breakout season. And look, Kirk Cousins was really good for Minnesota a year ago. I would argue the defense let them down more than anything. And it's not like they had a great offensive line in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins played really well. And so um, I just wonder, with the loss of Stefanski, does that do anything to Kirk Cousins, similar to what happened to Matt Ryan after Kyle Shanahan left? So I've got Minnesota 1. I put the Bears 2 just because there's something about Green Bay that turned me off a year ago. I, they were nowhere close to being the 13-win team that everybody looks at when they're reading the the standings. Nowhere close, man. You can go game by game last year. If you just watch the games, it tells you this team's not close to what that 13-win team is. And they actually, I thought, defensively, after a strong start, got worse and worse the back end of the season. You guys remember how many games they were fortunate to win? The Monday night game against the Lions when there was that awful call – that went against them that the, the Lions probably should have won that game in Green Bay. That was that was a a diaper fire call by the officials. They did that. that yeah, and, and then and then everybody points to Green Bay and says, oh well, you know, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. There's a difference between being one game away from the Super Bowl, like the Saints against the Rams a few years ago, and then what the Packers were against the 49ers last year. Okay. They weren't close. They played them twice. It was a wipeout both times. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, they were one game away from the Super Bowl. I think there's concern. I don't think Aaron Rodgers played all that well last year. If you just watch it, people will at the stats, but just watch the games. People I've talked to who know the quarterback position a lot better than I do will say, yeah, he did not have a good year. That was not a really good year. So I think the Packers are going to take a step back, which is natural. I've got them and the Bears battling, and I've got Detroit finishing fourth. And Chris will even tell you, I like Matt Stafford. I really, I like him a lot more than a lot of people do. In fact, Bucky Brooks and I had a uh, on on Saturday. Bucky got a ton of heat, and I agreed with him to where he talked about transcendent talents at quarterback in the NFL. And he gave a top five list, and one of the guys in his top five was Matt Stafford. He got buried for it, and I, I defended him. I said, No, 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 no. You guys are missing the point here. Matt Stafford's got an A plus arm. His problem is sometimes he doesn't have a lot of help around him, Uh, whether it's the defense or the running game or the offensive line, you name it, but that's a tough dude who's actually played real well. And I always give him credit, Rob Parker, who always crushes Matt Stafford and calls him Stafford and kills him all the time. I say, Rob, man, you can say he's never won a playoff game, but the fact that he's taken him to the playoffs three times to me says something, the same thing with Andy Dalton. You could say whatever you want about Andy Dalton. That dude took the Bengals to the, to the playoffs, how many years in a row? So I, and I'll say this, you could flip this division. I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't have an issue with it. If you flip the division, if the Lions finished first, it would not surprise me in the slightest. I just still don't trust what they're doing on defense. And I think a lot of it is whether or not Jeffrey Akuda hits. I love the coming out. If he can hit, that's going to be a major upgrade for him. But I just, I'm still skeptical when it comes to Matt Patricia and the defense, which I shouldn't be because that's his specialty on that side of the ball.
1: It's a specialty, and he just hasn't put anything out there. I I think my only quibble is that it is three teams from the NFC North because I think most people are saying this is a weak division. But, you know, hey, if that happens, I'll be elated. Uh, Real quick, I know we got to get you out of here, Jonas, at the Jonas Knox on Twitter. Catch him across Fox Sports Radio. Uh, But I'd be remiss letting you out of here without one Vegas question because you are part of the straight out of Vegas crew. Um, I I know a lot of Sharps have been on Lions over under six and a half games. I want to ask you about this particular game and I want to see it started as a pick and the Vegas consensus right now on Tuesday is this moves to Detroit minus three. So that's just basically the home field advantage. But, you know, do you, what do, you, what do you feel on that line? Are you putting anything down on this game? Uh,
4: I mean, probably not. I, week, betting on week one in the NFL is like going to a chili cook-off in white jeans. You're just <laughs> begging for a disaster. You're just, you're just begging for something awful to happen. And every single year I say this, and every single year I take the bait, and every single year I lose money every year i can't if you're just so excited that you, that you just you, you don't know what to do it's like christmas morning and you open up all the gifts and it takes you like four minutes to open up your gifts and then you're st- sitting around all day going Ugh oh, probably should have spaced that out a little bit but no i can't because i gotta scratch the itch and i gotta i gotta get on board and, and bet on some games in week one getting the three points with no fans in attendance i would probably take the bears because I don't know, no fans, what that's going to do, to and and they're going to have zero fans there, correct? because right? I know some places yeah. are at limited capacity, but in Michigan, I think it's zero. Fans. yeah, yeah, no, yeah no fans for, for the first, first
2: yeah. yeah, for at least the first I'm, two games.
4: For two teams that are pretty evenly matched, and and on paper, I think a lot of people would say the Bears are maybe a little bit better overall as a team, not a, not a better quarterback, but overall better as a team. I would take the Bears plus the three at home with no fans in attendance, but. I mean, I don't feel confident about it at all. Like you're if just I, value if I, if I, Oh yeah, that's all it is. That that's all. If I've gunned to my head, I got to pick a side. I would I would take the Bears. But again, man, Week One in the NFL is a crapshoot. You, you just it, every time we see a, a crazy upset or something happen. I mean, anybody remember Chip Kelly with the 49ers? They shut out the Rams on uh, Monday Night Football. They blanked them. They shut the Rams out on Monday Night Football, and everybody said, "Man, this Chip Kelly's done it again." He went one and fourteen the rest of the way through. So I'm just saying, we got to be careful on what we do with week one when it comes to the NFL.
1: Again, on Twitter at the the Jonas Knox, the Jonas Knox. You know what it is? It's just that Ohio State thing. We as sports fans are just conditioned. We see the word "the" and we have to go the. Like, yeah,
4: I hate it, man. I hate it. Talk, talk to Twitter. Like a, a lot of people are like, oh, what about a blue check? I've told you, I couldn't care less about a damn blue check mark. That means nothing to me. That, that's that's, that's like, like getting a, you know, getting a toy in your happy meal. Like at a certain age, you're like, man, I just want the burger. Like, I don't I don't care about the little, little wind up doll from uh, from 101 Dalmatians. I couldn't care less. All I want is the burger and the fries and my Coke on the side. I don't care about the blue check mark. I just want to ditch the or the, because I sound like an a-hole when I read it on air.
1: Well, that's a lesson for Ohio state fans to take in too. So catch him. uh, It's technically Saturday morning on the East coast. Uh, Let me check here. 1. AM starts the Jonas Knox show. Then over the weekends, I don't have the times down for it. You can catch him with Bucky Brooks. You can catch him with Brady Quinn. That show he does with Brady Quinn is phenomenal. It's weird. It's funny. Uh, Jonas is usually the butt of a lot of jokes there, as I think he likes to be, and then across yeah, the week better with, that way yeah, and then across the week as the as one of the men with R.J. Bell on Straight Out of Vegas, Jonas. I, I'm glad we could do this again this year. I'm so excited to have football back. It's been a hell year in every regard, but at least the NFL just keeps chugging along, man.
4: Yeah, man, it's a uh, runaway freight train. Oh, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, we're going to have our free agency league year, our draft. And our season start on time. Uh, you guys can go cry in the corner and, and uh, wear your gas mask. We're going to continue on with our year. I love the NFL. <laughs> just the balls of them. The balls of them in the middle of all this to say, yeah, we're not stopping anything, actually. <laughs> not a thing. yo, you want to kill our preseason games? Big deal. Nobody likes them anyway. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Thanks so much for thinking of me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and enjoy the game and, uh, and enjoy the games. And we'll do it again soon, hopefully.
1: Sounds good, man. Take care. Take care, Jonas. Thanks, guys. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Thanks again for Jonas Knox for joining us. Again, you find him on Twitter at TheJonasKnox. I'm doing it again there, Jeremy. Not at the Jonas Knox. It just, when you see a, a the there, you just want to say the, it is and the, I blame Ohio state. I blame that school down South for you guys, for you, Michigan people that this is, this is the way it is. It just, you, it, it's in our collective brains. You've now
2: mentioned that, that college three times and I think four that, times, four times. Yeah. Well, stop, please.
1: Yeah. I probably can't. See, that's the thing is like I'm a neutral party. I'm not Sparty. I'm not w- Wolverine. I'm none of those, man. I'm the man from the border. I'm from Toledo. All right. Uh well, with all that in the books, I think the big question is because we don't have a preseason, Ryan, Jeremy, we don't have a preseason, shocker, I know, but we have questions we need to get answered from this game. It is part of what makes the season so different. We're going to be learning a lot of things from the season that we need to learn. So I want to ask you guys first, what are we going to learn about from the lions in this game? What do you, what do you want to learn about from the lions in this game? And what do you want to learn about from the bears in this game? Cause we're going to have to see the bears again later in the season. So what do you want to learn from these two teams? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ryan, what do you want to learn? I want to learn that this
3: offensive line from Jump Street, from week one, can... For the Lions. For the Lions. I want to see that this offensive line can withstand what the Bears can throw at it. Because, I mean, this is going to be quite the test week one. I think Corey Unlin talked about it. When you have Khalil Mack coming off one edge and Robert Quinn coming off the other edge, that's no joke. And the Lions recently paid up. For their franchise left tackle and Taylor Decker. They made a, a switch at right tackle in the offseason to get Halapuli Vitai. I I just think that if the Lions can come out of it, it, it in order for me to be impressed with them, they need to like not only keep Stafford upright, but also I don't wanna have to say it, but they have to like run the football. Like those things have to happen for Matt Patricia a Matt Patricia led team to experience success. We talk about how that one game uh, two years ago against the dolphins was the blueprint, right? I don't think anything has changed in Matt Patricia's formula, even by adding Mm Daryl Bevel. I think he's even gotten closer to that. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson and you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of tight end tight to the line. It's going to be one of the black and blue games. But the Lions have to go out and do it. And I've been so adamant about how they've, you know, Bob Quinn's poured so many resources, whether or not it's draft capital or free agent money, into building this offensive line. This is going to be the year that makes or breaks Bob Quinn. I think a lot of us agree with that. Like, this is going to be the year where the, you know, where the, the, whatever. whatever, Rubber hits the road. There's a phrase I was looking for. Car
1: talk. More car talk. <laughs> More car talk. We keep it More going. More car talk. No, I mean, it could very well. I think, Ryan, we just mentioned this off here. This is the fifth year of the, the POD cast. And we started that that first season. You me, you and me, Ryan. We were sitting there and we saw what happened when Martha Firestone Ford cleared out the front office. And then the coach kept going. We could very well see the same situation happen. To, to what what you're describing here, like. We could see Quinn get the boot before Patricia. It's
2: always possible. But to to kind of to kind of go off of Ryan's point there, like I I, I do think the offensive line needs to show up and and it, it, it I don't know if they're gonna do it right away. I don't I'm I have my doubts. I don't I I've never been a huge fan of the Halapuli Vaitai signing. And um, you know, I, I just I don't know if it's going to come together right away for Jonah Jackson either, um, right next to him. But you're right in that it's – like, we need to see that improvement because it's not going to stop with, after the Bears. The Packers are up next, and they got a pair of their own really good pass rushers. And then when they have to eventually play the Vikings, well, guess what? They just got a brand new present on their defensive line. So you're, you're absolutely right. Like, we need to see some sort of glimpses – of it all working together. I I'm not very confident that it will happen. And it's unfortunate. The Lions are, are going to be tested with maybe the best defensive line in the division right away. But yeah, that's, that's definitely a big key for Sunday.
1: I think what I want to see from the lions, what needs to be tested is we talked about this last week, Jeremy, like I, I'm not going to go with the, the run game. I want to see the run game tested. I want to see the defense tested, but in the, in the sake of having a different answer here and something I feel like is going to be important for me. And probably maybe the other side here is that I want to see. We talked about this last week, Jeremy, we talked about who is going to have good times in this weird season with no preseason. We talked about who's going to have bad times. And I think for me, I think the bellwether for this season is how well Stafford does against the Spares defense and I think, you know, because of their backfield, I, I kind of want to see him get off to a strong start. I really do. And I think probably this also dovetails into that. I want to see the offensive scheming play to what the, the strength of the Lions is. I don't want to see a lot of wasted downs to a run game when it's clear that the run game isn't getting off the ground. If you're establishing that pound and you're trying to wear down the defense like Jonas talked about in our previous segment, great, fantastic. That, that's cool. But at some point, you have to remember that your biggest weapon is Stafford, and I don't want to see him in a lot of third and long situations. I I want to see him put in positions where he can thrive. And I think, I you know, we we talked about the hard-on Stafford. We've talked about the offseason. He seems fired up, and everyone expects him to build off 2019. And I think a lot of that will come with, is his strengths being played to with this offense? I, I want to see that. I, I really do.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've we've been talking all off season about how the stars seem to be aligned for Stafford this season, with with all the offensive weapons he has, with the second year under Daryl Bevel with what we saw last year in the first eight games. We just like, but we've hyped ourselves up like this before, right? Like <laughs> we've we've yes. come off really good Matthew Stafford seasons before, and maybe not seen the exact same thing come out the next year. And I, I mean, in most you know aspects of NFL what you see at the end of last year is not necessarily what you see at the beginning of the, of the next year. I mean, we saw that with the lions run defense in 2018, we we all came into 2019 thinking, wow, this defense is going to be even better. Damon Harrison's going to have a full off season and all that stuff. And it didn't turn out the way it did. So I'm with you yeah. in that. Like we're all hyping up this, the Stafford offense and, and passing game and all that. And I, I'm among that group, but if it doesn't show up on Sunday, then what, then yeah. what, yeah. then, then what's this team's identity.
1: Yeah. Hey man, listen, like things change wildly in between NFL seasons. I think we talked, I don't know if we talked off air about this, but like running backs, how many of them, like they see a great year from a running back and then it just Peters to nothing. Like things change in a blink in the NFL. Quarterbacks can get signed with really good years and then just something just falls apart. Yips come and go in this league like crazy. I'm not saying staffer is going to get that. That's insane. I think he's proven himself in the long run, but we're talking about, I I want to see him have a top five quarterback year. And I think a lot of the success of the team is going to hinge on him having that kind of year, and if he doesn't have that kind of year, then uh, yeah, we have to rethink things. We we do. Uh, Okay, Ryan, what do we want to learn about the Bears in this game? I just want confirmation
3: that their offense is going to be as bad as I think it is. (laughs) Like, I I don't want to all of a sudden see some leap from Mitch Trubisky. Like, how awful would it be if Mitch Trubisky took a leap? And I know that we have to be able to, you know, not realize that everybody's successes are our failures. But, man, I just do not want to see Mitch Trubisky do the things that he's done to the Detroit Lions in the past couple of seasons because then at that point, like, I'm kind of like Jeremy, like, What now? Like, what's your identity on defense? You can't stop Mitch Trubisky. If you can't stop Mitch Trubisky, then Jeremy talked about, you know, in the first segment, there are so many quarterbacks that are going to be playing the Detroit Lions that aren't going to be the level of Mitch Trubisky. We're talking like top-tier quarterbacks. If the Lions can't stop Mitch Trubisky and the passing attack of the Bears, I'm very, very concerned. Very concerned.
2: And that, that was kind of going to go off my answer of what I'm looking for in the lines as well is just like, I really want to see the secondary come together because for all we, you know, we've moaned and groaned about the pass rush and how bad it was last year and how they didn't really address it too much this year. I'm really kind of curious about that secondary because it wasn't good last year. And yes, the pass rush was part of that, but it wasn't all of it. Justin Coleman did not look good in the second half of the season for no apparent reason. Like the secondary actually looked really solid in the first three or four, even five weeks of the season. And then it just dropped off suddenly. And that's, that's where you saw everything fall apart. And so the lines have a lot of moving parts. Now in the secondary, they have Jeff Okuda, they have uh Desmond Trufant, they have uh Desmond Trufant, Uh They have Duran Harmon is what I was trying to say. So, like they, they have a lot of new pieces that are, that are very promising. We know Justin Coleman is capable of playing the way he did in the first month of the season last year. If they can all come together, I, I think we'll start forgetting about the pass rush at least a little bit. I mean, obviously we'll want it there, but I think this is a really favorable matchup for the Lions. I, I think they don't have a lot of receiving threats. I think outside of Allen Robinson, I think, you know, I think Tracy Walker, I can I, I don't think he should have a problem locking up Jimmy Graham. And then who else do you have to worry about? Ted Ginn. I'm not that I'm not afraid of that 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 passing offense. And and you're right. If if the Bears come knocking and, and, and the lions aren't there to answer the door, like things are about to get a little uh a
1: little sketchy when Aaron Rodgers when we have to travel to
2: Green Bay to play Aaron Rodgers next week.
1: Aaron Rodgers, who might have a fire lit under him, who knows? Who knows? After what's been going on with him and Jordan Love, uh, is that what you fear about the Bears, Jeremy, or is this what you want to learn, or do you have something else? I mean, I if I mean what I fear is is still their
2: defense, their pass rush. Mm. Um, I in terms of what I want to learn from them, I mean, I guess some it's it's similar with with Ryan. Like, is Matt Nagy actually going to be a good co- good coach this year? Because I don't want him to be, but if he is. Ryan mentioned at the top, like this team already has an elite defense. If they have an elite offensive mind and that clicks like bears could be in good shape for years to come. Like maybe, maybe once Khalil max, you know, contract really starts to hamstring them a little bit, maybe they won't be able to keep the defense together, but I'm not betting against their defense for at least a year or two because it's good. It wasn't great last year, but it's their baseline. Their, their, their floor is good. Their, their ceiling is fantastic, great, elite, whatever adjective you want to use. So um, if, if Matt Nagy can get the offense working, then this is a team that we're going to have to deal with for several years at the top of the NFC North.
1: What I want to learn is on the defense from the Chicago Bears, and that is with two of their stars. One, they're getting back Akeem Hicks. I want to know what Akeem Hicks looks like. Uh, you know, he, he's he been phenomenal in the past. I'm curious what he's going to look like coming back from from – you know he's he's had a year away, he's got to come back and I just I think I I'm curious what that's going to look like. And then Khalil Mack, I mean, I know Khalil Mack, he said himself he he doesn't feel he was good enough in 2019. He thought he had a subpar 2019. I want to see if that's true or if Khalil's just going to continue to struggle. And I think that kind of goes a long way to what Jeremy's talking about in that how long are the Lions going to have to contend with this boogeyman? Of the Bears' defense sitting there across Lake Lake Michigan, staring at you in the standings every year that you have to play that defense twice a year, no matter where this team goes, no matter what happens with this team, that that is going to be sitting there. And I think it starts with how good are Akeem Hicks and how good is Khalil Mack?
2: No question. Those, I mean, those are the two guys that the Lions are going to have to really key in on when they're on offense, and and they're really. I wouldn't say they're, they're only threats. Um, a guy like Eddie Jackson, obviously, in the secondary is is, mm-hmm. a, is a playmaker, and he's he's made Stafford look foolish several times in the past. But if they can handle those guys on the defensive front, of the lines are going to have a really good chance to win this game and maybe even win it decisively.
1: All right, let's get into predictions, thoughts. I know we used to do things we think we know. That's what we do when it's first bite. So why don't we do things we think we know? Uh, going into this game as our predictions. So Ryan, what do you think you think you know about this game?
3: One thing I think I know about this game is that I would not even think twice about putting money on this game. There's no way I'm touching the Lions at minus three. There's no way I'm touching the Bears at plus three. No way. So a- as a better, I'm just looking at that line and I'm saying plus three. Hmm. So I'm going to rely on a Chicago Bears place kicker. Absolutely not. And then also, I don't know if I can trust this Lions team because the one thing Jeremy and I have talked about all offseason long was that the the Lions got different. We don't know if they got better. We don't know if they got worse, but they certainly got different. And they got different at a bunch of different positions. Whether or not it's cornerback, your starting cornerback, whether or not it's replacing your starting linebacker, if you want to see you know, Devon Kennard getting swapped out for Jamie Collins or if it's the the interior of your defense, swapping out Snacks Harrison and whatever kind of player he was last season to Danny Shelton. I mean, you're talking about players at every single level. Deron Harmon, you're talking about players at every single level. Desmond Trufant for Darius Slay. Like, all these guys getting shipped out and bringing new guys in, I have to see it before I can believe it. And I know that goes against my season prediction, but I made that prediction while I was feeling pretty good about myself.
1: So <laughs> it's a, That's a condition we all do. De- that's a temporary condition we all deal with is like, hey, this is a moment optimism.
3: of
1: hope. <laughs> hope, optimism, belief that and it will come back and bite you in the ass and make you look foolish. That's the operating uh, procedure of the Detroit Lions. Jeremy, what do you think you think, you know,
2: I'm I'm just going to straight go for it. I think. I think I know about Bears-Lions week one is that we won't have to deal with this bullshit line that Mitchell Trubisky owns the Lions. It's not happening anymore. I don't care that he's had three touchdowns in the last three games against the Lions. We have a different defensive coordinator. Ryan just went all the, over all the crazy defensive players that are new to this team. It's not going to happen again. This This matchup on paper... Looks good in the Lions' favor. Maybe they don't get to Mitchell Trubisky and and, and force him out of the pocket and things like that. But who's he going to throw to that the Lions can't cover? Allen Robinson is the only answer to that question, and I think the Lions know that. And I think they'll they'll be fine. I I think this. I think Trubisky throws more interceptions and touchdowns in this game.
1: I think I think I know that. And if I can give two answers here, a little I I'm cheating. But you know what? I'll, I'll just do one. And that is that all of this consternation (laughs) that we keep doing, and maybe I'm a little keyed into it because I work in sports talk radio and other places, but I'm so tired of hearing about the COVID stuff, and we're just going to have a fun game on on Sunday. It's also going to make us really mad. Uh, I think that we're going to be no in, in very I saw Jeremy shaking his head. I mean, it's gonna make us mad in that once again we're dealing with the Lions and the Bears and we're dealing with no preseason. I think, I think I know that this is going to be a sloppy, weird game. It's not going to be a polished game. I think people on that Monday are going to start complaining that it's not going to look like NFL football, and it shouldn't look like NFL football because we haven't had a damn <laughs> a a, da- a damn preseason. And besides that week one already looks weird. Every time Jonas talked about how bad it is for him to bet on week one in the NFL. And yet he says he also can't st- stay away from it. It's going to look weird. It's going to look sloppy. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top of this. I think weird and sloppy though favors the bears a little bit, but as long as Stafford can stick above weird and sloppy, the Lions have a have a puncher's chance in this. They really do. They really, really do. That's not good analysis, but it's all I've got left. It's it's been a long it's been a long show already. We
2: can't give analysis. We haven't seen anything. <laughs> we're throwing
1: darts. One hundred and eighty. All right. Game ball predictions. Who are you before we even play it down, who do you think we're gonna end up giving a game ball to, Ryan? Uh, TJ Hawkinson because he plays really well in the first game of the season. <laughs> wow, look at you, uh, Jeremy!
3: I'm only
2: doing this because of what I just said about Mitchell Trubisky and because Pod Areno is in our chat. Amani Orayea, two interceptions.
1: That sounds, aw- by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't know what just happened. Jeremy just put his lips to his <laughs> microphone and overmodulated. I apologize. Amani I- or- he- A- to exception Now look at him. Now he's doing ASMR. Like, can you believe this guy? Can you believe this guy? <laughs> yeah, believe-
3: can you believe the range this man has? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you Like, he doesn't, like, ASMR, folks. You don't, you, you, you can get that on Twitch. In a very popular category, ASMR, we do it here, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit, and you can catch Jeremy doing that and more. Maybe munching on a sweet mozzarella stick every now and then, petting his dog's hair. uh,
3: I think the best ASMR we can get this weekend would be some Audible Dawn that is
2: damn right <laughs> and with no fans and stands it's gonna really dong too
1: it's gonna really ring <laughs> and when you hear that audible dong you will hear matt nagy's soul shatter as goose island once again rolls out the promotions to see who can kick a field goal and matt nagy's soul descends once again into avernus and uh yeah sorry catholic stuff from there who knows um I'm going to give the game ball here without knowing a damn thing to DeAndre Swift. Because I think in the grand tradition of Lions brand new running backs, he's going to have a great first game. And then maybe we might have some questions. Who knows? But like we, we've seen this in the past. Like I, I still remember Amir Abdullah's first game against the Chargers where we all thought he was going to be great and fantastic. Hopefully Swift is better than that. But I do think... I do think the offense is going to try to involve Swift out of the gate pretty well. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. This whole offseason was a slog. Uh, I hated being away from it. Um, I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Uh, I intend to be here for the entire season, but it's good to have the gang back. All three. Of, this is the first time. No, we did a, a podcast before with all three of us, but it's just been like first podcast where we've had all three of us just chatting among ourselves. It feels like old times. It feels real now. Real, real back, baby. <laughs> Nothing to add, Ryan. I'm
3: just happy to be here.
1: You're seriously, don't get fined or are you just happy to be here? Both. Thank it's you. It's nine oh one. I'm done. All right. Yeah. Ryan's got to go. We've got to go. Subscribe on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Pride Detroit to watch it live. YouTube to see these on replay. Podcast networks like Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeart Radio. Get the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and make sure you're downloading each week. It helps us out. We have a lot planned. If you haven't noticed from this week, how much was being thrown on our podcast feed, we've got a lot of plans for the season, man. And I feel like me and Jeremy, when we sit down to do the post game show, it's not going to, it's going to feel like no time has passed. The only thing that's going to be different is we will have watched a football game play and nerded the hell out about it for myself, for Jeremy, for Ryan, at Detroit Online for Jeremy. For Ryan, at Ryan underscore P-O-D, the Rock God, as always. For myself, Chris Fett at Chris Buffett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. I hate that I have to spell it out, but I do. Football's back, baby. And we'll, ha- we'll talk to you guys next time after the Lions have played a game. See you starside. <laughs>